All right, thank you for downloading the Cruise Control Podcast. You can find us on iTunes and on SoundCloud.com. You can follow me, the host, Randy Cruz, on Twitter at Randy J. Cruz, R-A-N-D-Y, the letter J, C-R-U-Z. This is Billy Corbin, director of Cocaine Cowboys and the 30 for 30s, The U and Broke. And there's nothing we love in Miami more than driving cruise control with no hands, steering with our knee, and not using turn signals, which is kind of what it's like listening to the Cruise Control Podcast with my man, Randy Cruz. Hey, welcome to another edition of the Cruise Control Podcast here on iTunes and on SoundCloud.com. I am your host, Randy Cruz. Hit me up on Twitter at Randy J. Cruz, R-E-N-D-Y, the letter J-C-R-U-Z. And if you are a big-time pro wrestling fan, uh, today marks the 20th anniversary of one of the bigger or biggest turning points, turning events in the world of pro wrestling. And it happens to be the curtain call. So if you are not a wrestling fan... The curtain call happens to be this event that happened at Madison Square Garden back on May 19th, 1996. And it involved the then WWF champion Shawn Michaels, Big Daddy Cool Diesel, Razor Ramon, Triple H, Hunter Hearst Helmsley, where, you know, Shawn and Diesel had a championship match in the main event in the steel cage it was a house show, so it wasn't a pay-per-view event. Um, Sean got the win. Earlier in the the night, Razor, Scott Hall, fought Triple H. Um, he got the um, you, you sold out chance because people knew that he was going to WCW, I think within a week. And to culminate everything, all four of them were in the ring at the same time, and they all put their click signs in the air. They gave each other a big hug, and the fans went ballistic. The fans were just like, you know, they couldn't really tell what was going on. Uh, Razor and Sean were the good guys. Diesel and Hunter were the bad guys. And for the fans back in that time in 1996, to see these guys just show the world that, I mean, even though we knew they were friends, but kind of showing at an event, hugging and putting up the click signs, it kind of took people aback uh, a to wonder what is going on. Is this real? Why are they hugging in the, you know in the ring and they just fought and now now they're good friends and you know we call it kayfabe and it's like breaking the the barrier of you know that. Do you show that if you're a good guy, are you friends with a bad guy outside of the ring? Or if you're a bad guy, do you show that you're good friends with a good guy inside the ring? Um, everything came to that to that point. And thank you know the the guy with the video camera back then. Outside, if you don't, if that guy does not have the video camera footage um, showing that. You know, back then, 96, the, the, the internet was, you know, pretty decent. And it's not today where you find out something um, at an event and you're not there. And all of a sudden, there's pictures, there's video. Back then, if that video camera does not take the footage 
of Hall, Nash, Sean, and Hunter hugging in the ring, I, I I don't know if we would ever know because people in the in the building there was no social media back then. You can't go on Twitter and Facebook, oh I just saw Hall Nash, Hunter and Sean hugging the ring. I just don't know what would have happened if um there was no actual footage, but thankfully there was footage. We've seen it. And that point on whether you know, fans want to believe it or not, that changed the business going forward. And, you know, it it's pretty hard to believe that it has been 20 years because you did see that as it happened. Uh, I think I was 13 at the time and big time, you know, wrestling fan and did I care what was going on? Not so much because I heard the rumblings of, of Razor and Diesel leaving, going to WCW, and that was going to be their final event. And, you know, of, of course, Hunter and Sean were going to remain in the WWF. Sean was champion. We later find out that Hunter, you know, got the got the brunt of the punishment going forward. Hall and Ash, they left within a week. Sean was the untouchable champion, and Hunter had to deal with fighting Mark Merrow and the Godwins and the Hog Pen matches and whatever, and then taken out of being the king of the ring from 1990, uh, 96. I think the a month later, a month later was the king of the ring. He was scheduled to win that king of the ring and ultimately became Stone Cold Steve Austin. And just to kind of put this into perspective and kind of explain why that event at the Garden, the curtain call, was so significant, not only to the then World Wrestling Federation, but also to World Championship Wrestling. So now, you know, of course, you know, all of it has to be on the network. So if we really want to go back in time and have that, you know, nostalgia moment, I have no problem with being nostalgic i think anniversaries and and stuff like that are really interesting whether it's wrestling it's basketball and when i woke up and i and and i read somewhere that may 19th you know today marks 20 years you know you become very nostalgic you you become like wow like where was i when this happened what was i doing um and just to kind of see the old footage and and everything from back then it, it does take you back to that time and at the same time, you have to look at the roster that the WWF had in 1996. And at that time, the big five were Razor. I mean, in no order. Razor, Diesel, Sean, Brett, and The Undertaker. As far as the big five in the, w- in the WWF from maybe 94 to 96. And if you want to look back... At the at the the remaining roster, <laughs> I mean, I don't I don't I don't have a list in front of me. I don't have nothing on the computer screen. But boy, if you if you don't count Sean, Brett, Diesel, Razor, and Taker, you are left with Mark Merrill, <laughs> Ahmed Johnson, Aldo Montoya, uh, uh, Savio Vega. You know, Stone Cold Steve Austin was there, but he wasn't the Stone Cold character that that later became, you know, 
arguably the greatest superstar of all time. To me, he is. Um, Vader, Mankind, British Bulldog, Owen Hart, Yokozuna, even even the Ultimate Warrior was on the roster in 1996, and this was the new gen. This was called the New Generation era. I know now we're in the quote unquote new era, but. Back then, it was the new generation era. Yeah, that era was in the bottom left uh, of your TV screen. It was that blue and yellow WWF logo. Yeah, we're talking that era. <laughs> we're talking that era with the Aldo Montoyas and, and Mark Merrows and Savio Vegas. That's what the WWF was putting out at the time. And Brett hadn't come back yet. I think he came back a few months later. Um, it, it was just, yeah, Goldust was there, Roddy Piper was there. It was just a, a weird time to be uh, uh, a wrestling fan or a, a WWF fan because we've seen what they did in the golden era. Hogan, Warrior, Macho, Andre, DiBiase, uh, Jake the Snake. We can go on and on. Demolition, Heart Foundation, uh, the Road Warriors. And then... As time, you know, Mr. Perfect, as time evolved, it, it, it did take a while for the WWF to kind of keep up with the times. And at that time, they had these occupational characters or these weird characters. And it's like, how do we go from Macho Man and Jake and, and DiBiase and the Warrior and Hogan to like the Berserker and... You know the goon, and if people are gonna hear this and be like, "Holy shit!" Like those were the characters you, you know that that we saw: Flash Funk, Duke the Dumpster, Drozzy. I mean, I'm not saying that we didn't have these characters in the late '80s, in the golden era, but you know the other people dominated those characters: the Hogan and Macho. If those overshadowed. Your, your your red roosters and broken brawlers. But now you if you're in the new generation era where you're trying to like kinda keep up with the times, seeing the goon and Duke the Dumpster and the Berserker and, and these guys weren't cutting it. And along came Razor Ramon, along came Diesel. Sean was there for a very long time. Um, you know, one two three kid came along back in I, I think 90, uh, 93, 94. So, going back to Curtain Call, Diesel and Razor leave. They go to WCW. Now you're left with Sean, Brett, and Taker as your main three. And it's like, I don't think it, it really took the WWF a long time to recover the loss of Razor and Diesel. And it showed when it went to WCW, the whole Monday Night War era, um, era, excuse me, Monday Night War era that lasted five years. But the, uh, the good brunt of it was two, two and a half, three years. Uh, Hall and Nash go to, to, to Atlanta and they flip WCW upside down. And not saying their characters were any better. Because if you look at it, when Scott Hall premiered on Nitro, it was it was somebody and the Mauler. I, I don't know who the Mauler was even fighting. So just just to let you know, 
WCW did not have crazy characters either, but the but the inclusion of Hall and Nash being on board in '96 to go along with your Macho Man, your Lex Luger, your Sting. Uh, Hogan was on a little um, hiatus at the time. The Giant, you had Chris Jericho there, so it, it, it was it was different. D Malenko's, your Eddie Guerrero's. Now WCW is like holy shit! Like you know, we just got Diesel and Razor Ramon. Diesel was a a, a, a world champion, an Intercontinental champion, a tag team champion. Razor Ramon was a multiple time Intercontinental champion. You're getting two of the biggest stars at at the prime. At the right time. Then it's like, what do you do with them? On the flip side, WWF had Shawn Michaels still the champion. Hunter going through his punishment. And Shawn is fighting British Bulldog. He's, uh, he fought Diesel before he left for the world title. He had Vader. He had Mankind. He had Psycho Sid. And, you know, take, take nothing away from Shawn. But I think the first reign of him being champion was... Sean did everything he could, you know, to keep the company afloat, to produce the best matches of the night on the card, and that's how Sean always did it. He always wanted to outwork you, and I think for his his first run as champion, um, what what was pretty good. I think you know, again, you had Vader and Diesel and Sid, and, and you know the big guys. Sean always worked with the big guys. But his matches with the British Bulldog and Mankind, and even Owen Hart before we had the belt, were just phenomenal. And I think you got to give Sean credit um, for keeping the the WWF alive at the time because on the on TNT you had Hall and Nash on Nitro. Then you get New World Order. You get these. You get more of a real life live thing going on with Nitro. And that was the big difference between Night 2 and Raw back in the 90s, where it was live, you you, you won't know what's going to happen, you, you don't know who's going to show up. Raw was pre-taped, it was live one week, then it was pre-taped the following week, so you, you just couldn't get that same reaction from a pre-taped audience to a live audience. And now with Hall and Nash are going down there wreaking havoc, if it was more re- reality-based. They did not use Diesel name. They did not use Razor Ramon. Obviously, they used Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. They would come down, come down the crowd with baseball bats, looking to beat up anybody on the WCW roster, and it felt real. And that was the problem with with the World Wrestling Federation at that time. The characters did not, did not seem real. Nothing. The storylines that they were doing did not seem real. At that time, you're looking at a, a young high school, college demographic, and Nitro was hitting on all cylinders during 96, 97, 98, with the inclusion of the NWO, with the inclusion of pro athletes, you know, Dennis Rodman, Kevin Green. They will, they will include all of these people because once Hall and Nash got there, wrestling became cool it became like oh wow i'm gonna watch raw or i'm gonna watch nitro every monday night so when people hear curtain call and may not think it's a big deal or it's just four friends hugging in the ring like it goes beyond that if that event doesn't happen 
We don't have a new world order. We don't have a, a Monday Night War. We don't have WWF changing their whole scheme of things and keeping up with, with the times. We don't have the Attitude Era. We don't have the Outsiders. We don't have Hulk Hogan turning bad and becoming one of the most hated villains of all time. At the same time, a rejuvenation of the Hulk Hogan character. So it's like, you know, Diesel and Razor wanted to stay, but what if what if they did? Let let's think about that. What if Razor and Diesel stayed with Sean Taker and Hunter and you know Steve Austin coming up? Steve Austin won't be King of the Ring in 1996. We may not get Austin 316. I know a lot of this is hindsight. But I'm trying to put the curtain call event into perspective on how one that one day, that one night, changed the entire landscape of pro wrestling even 20 years later. Bischoff don't get Hall and Nash. Hogan don't turn bad. Um, Austin 316 may not happen. A lot of things, you know, McMahon doesn't... Go on Raw in '97 and say, you know, we got to keep up with the times, and we're going to produce the Attitude Era. We, we we don't we don't get that. We don't get seven seven eight million eight million people watching wrestling on a Monday night. We don't get the Rock. We don't get we, we don't get a lot of things if that night does not happen. Now, did did anybody know that twenty years later this was going to be the impact? Absolutely not. No, nobody knew that. But it was very important that, not saying the whole kayfabe thing, but that one camera guy, <laughs> that one camera guy is like the MVP of this whole thing. Because I, 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 I think he's the only guy in MSG that night that caught any video. That caught any video. If that video does not happen, nobody's tweeting, nobody's texting, nobody's saying this. Oh, I just saw these guys hugging a ring. You know, I, I, you know, outside if you were covering it for uh, the magazine or, or newspaper or something, then. But how fast does the word get out? Is the point. And the WWF change that night WCW going forward changed that night because now these two promotions go back and forth for two and a half years everybody in the world is watching wrestling on a Monday night flicking back and forth for channels on TNT and USA someone like me I you know I had to watch Raw but then tape Nitro and when it was over I had to go watch you know Nitro on, on the VHS VCR that's how it was back then. Either you watch one live and tape the other one on, on videotape. There's no way you can watch both at the same time. Or you just say, you know what? I'm making my decision and I'm watching one. But I know deep down inside, everybody was watching both at the same time. Taping, this and this. You know, even Thunder when they came around back in, in, in 1998. Smackdown. Uh... The curtain call is one of the most influential events in professional wrestling history. And, you know, we can go on and on all day about this. 
I can go another half hour just talking about it, how influential it is. Like, the career of Kevin Nash went higher. The career of Scott Hall went to a different level. The career of Hulk Hogan went to a different a different astronomical level. The career of Sting went to a different astronomical level. NWO started and Sting was the original third man. Sting was the original third man. Let's say Sting was the NWO. What would have happened? Would it, would, it, would it have been the same impact as Hulk Hogan? I don't know because nobody expected Hulk Hogan to be a bad guy. And that was the one thing. Outside of a curtain call and the NWO, that was the one thing that really that really flipped a lot of things around. And like, Hulk Hogan's a bad guy? Like, no, no way. Really? But 7 million people tuned in every night to see Hulk Hogan in the, in the NWO. In the NWO, if that don't happen, we don't get DX. So many many people get that confused. I would say DX is better, or NWO is better. But if the NWO does not happen, we don't get DX. Whether people want to believe that or not, Vince McMahon is not looking at Nitro like, oh wow, NWO, they're doing this, they're doing that, and let me put that over here. So it's a, the curtain call was a ripple domino effect. It created a lot of things. It created more fanfare, more interest into the business. Because we are still talking about 1996 here. So as you fast forward, Sean's still champion. Stone Cold character is evolving. Bret the Hitman Hart comes back into the uh, WWF. Taker and Mankind are going at it. But you, they're still in that new generation era. They're still... Had those characters. They, had, they even had a fake Diesel. They had a fake Razor. They had Barry Windham and Flash Funk. You know, even when The Rock premiered at Survivor Series of, of that year, he he was still that you know car, cartoony. Like nobody was buying the smiles and him being a good guy. But eventually, they changed all that, and the Attitude Era was born. But a lot of things don't happen if, if the current call does not happen at MSG 20 years today. So, um, if you go back on the network and check out, if you can check out how WCW pay-per-views, Nitros, and the WWF Raws and pay-per-views were being produced prior to the curtain call and afterwards and I think it's a complete difference of how each company each brand portrayed itself promoted itself and Bischoff getting Hall and Nash it was it was it was different everything changed everything changed and it, it made it seem like the WWF was invading WCW that's what made people watch Nitro more than Raw for two and a half years on top of that with Hogan joining the NWO. And it took the WWF two and a half years to really recover from all this. If you, if you want to be technical, it took them two and a half years to build the new stars and, and just create different content. Create content, um, content for the high school generation, the, the young college demographic. Um... Austin drinking beer and cursing and, and, and Sable and all these girls taking their tops off and just being 
you know, neurotic for to to a degree on a Monday night between nine and you know eleven p.m. You got you got five hours of wrestling every Monday night, and everybody was watching. So I, I think the curtain call is 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 very vital. Um, people can flip the story however they want. It wasn't a big deal, or it was a big deal, or trying to think hindsight. Um, but the careers of Hunter, Sean, Diesel, and Razor, you know, even even six, you know, X Pac, one, two, three, kid, all changed that night, and the the, the complexion of. Each company, Big Man was put in a tough spot. Whether he wanted that to happen or not, whether he looked bad or not, breaking kayfabe. Kayfabe is a wrap now. 2016, nobody's buying. You know, if you're a bad guy on TV in the ring, if you go to an airport, you're not you're not acting like you're not you're not in character outside of the ring. You know, uh, some some might do that, but dude, it's 2016. If you're a bad guy, man, it, it, it's all good. You're not gonna be a bad guy to me in the airport store. Or car wash or something. It's gonna be like, oh wow, that's that's, that's Bray Wyatt. And Bray Wyatt would shake your hand, take a picture, and whatever. He's like, he's not, he's not gonna be a jerk or anything like that because he plays a bad guy on TV. That that that, that that's over. Even even Hunter said kayfabe is over. So kayfabe in '96, that got broken. Um, it, it really gave you a behind the scenes feel. Like hmm, well, like what really happens behind that curtain? Are they really friends? Do they really hate each other? And that night really changed the business as we know it now. And I, I, I'm thankful for that. I think most wrestling fans are thankful for that because we got to see a lot of entertaining wrestling for five, six years before... We got into the Rufus Aggression era, post-Attitude Monday Night War era. And I think they just made pro wrestling cool to watch. And not as embarrassing to admit that you, A, like wrestling, and B, you watch it on a consistent basis. And what Hall and Nash brought was something real, authentic, organic. Uh, everything you saw in pop culture back then. From music to TV shows, they incorporated that. You had you you had you had Dennis Rodman, who was a multiple time champion, NBA champion, multiple time All Star, be in the main event of one of your, in one of your pay per views in in 1997. He he was just he was just in the in the NBA Finals a month before that. He was at at uncensored. In 97, in March, he was like, Phil Jackson wants practice? Nah, I'm going to go to Uncensored. Uh, you know, oh, oh we, got, uh, we got NBA Finals practice, June. Nitro, I think Nitro was in Chicago in June of, of 97. The Bulls are in the finals against the Utah Jazz. They got practice. Nah, I'm going to go hang out with Hogan and Bischoff on, on, on Monday Nitro. Like... You don't you don't get that. I mean nowadays you damn sure don't get that. But that's how cool the landscape of wrestling was back then. You won't see LeBron James 
taking off a playoff game practice to be like, you know, I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go to Monday Night Raw. You you won't see that. I, I think you would never see that again. You would never see that again because that impact of everything back then was so different, and it changed just the landscape of the entire business. And to to live through that, to to witness that firsthand, was so freaking awesome. And now maybe us older people get a little spoiled, or we get like. You know, very nostalgic. Like, why can't this happen now? Why can't we get something like this from back in the days to happen now? Why is everything so different? Why is everything so scripted? Why is everything so protected? Why is everything so just not the way it was? And I mean, hey, man, we we may not we may not get back to that time. We, We we may not get back to that time, but. You might as well just you might as well just enjoy what you're seeing, and enjoy the fact that you lived through the Monday Night War era, the Attitude Era, NWO, DX, the the mainstream pop culture icon that wrestling was back then. I think I think it still is today, but to a degree, not like before. You had eight million people watching wrestling back then. You'd be lucky to get. Three now. You're talking eight million people on a Monday night. Now you get three million because there's so many shows and Netflix and this and that and and professional sports. I get it, but even back then there was if you had an NBA playoff game or Nitro to watch, people were watching Nitro. People were watching Raw over Chicago and Indiana or Chicago and the Knicks. That's how influential wrestling was back then. And it all started in 1996 with the curtain call. So, uh, uh, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, Shawn Michaels, Triple H, thank you. Because if you guys don't do that, we, we, don't, we don't get what we got today. We, we really don't. And some may want to admit that. Some may, may not want to admit that, but... We don't get that, man. We don't get a lot of things. And I'm thankful for everything that happened in wrestling back then. Because I was watching every every week. Every pay-per-view. So for those who still want to catch up and learn more about it, I'm pretty sure they got stuff on, on the network. You can Google it. Search it up. Uh, Curtain Call, Shawn Michaels, Triple H, uh, Diesel, Razor Ramon, MSG. May 19th, 1996. You know, it, it, if you look at it, it's going to be it's going to be the 20th anniversary of, the, of of the new world order. Show you how show you how time flies. And how influential 20 years later, we're talking about the NWO, we're talking about the curtain call, so it does have big influential meaning to the world of professional wrestling. Um so yeah, that's that's my take. Um Hope you appreciate it. Hope you agree with me. If you don't, I mean, it's good to agree to disagree. Um, you can follow me on Twitter again at Randy J. Cruz, R-E-N-D-Y, the letter J-C-R-U-Z. For those who ever want to have me as a guest on their wrestling podcast, you can hit me up on Twitter. Let me know what's up. We'll love to come on. Hope you appreciate 
the 20th anniversary of the curtain call in the world of professional wrestling. Go check it out. Hit me up on Twitter. And um, feedback is uh, greatly appreciated. Thank you. I'm out.